Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Justin Driscoll on from Florida. How's it going, Justin? It's going pretty good, bud. We had some stout northwest uh, west winds today, so I'm hanging out here at a local bait and tackle shop with my buddies Tim and Jesse at Bay Breeze Bait and Tackle. So we're uh, we're just hanging out today and uh, just doing captain stuff, I guess. <laughs> so yesterday you guys had a storm, right? Yeah, we had uh, we had a little pile of showers. Uh, usually down here uh, about a little bit after lunchtime, sea breeze kicks up from the south. Mixes in with a north wind coming down uh, from inland, and usually once the clouds start building, you know, some days it storms, some days it doesn't, you know, but we're always keeping an eye on that, especially when we're on the water. So what's your story? I'm born and raised in Athens, Georgia. Uh, once I got done playing college baseball, uh, I started coming down here more or less just to fun fish and decided to get my captain's license and run a couple charts here and there. And a couple turned into a few, and then a few turned into a full-fledged charter where now I'm running, you know, anywhere from 150, 200 trips a year, steady. You fish primarily in the Panhandle, right? Yes, uh, Panama City Beach area. Um, and we've got a couple different base systems between West Bay, North Bay, East Bay, Crooked Island which is kind of closer to Mexico Beach, but just all in this general area. What made you become a charter captain? Oh, uh, well, just, I guess, my natural love for the outdoors. Um, you know, uh, back up in Athens, I started with a cricket and a, a brim load catching brim with my grandfather. And uh, I grew up coming down here uh, yearly, so it's kind of been like a second home. Uh, did a little fish with my grandfather and my dad throughout those years, and uh I just love saltwater fish, it's kind of like freshwater fish on steroids. So you gotta love it. How did your charter company start? Well, like I said, I just kind of started coming down here fishing for fun, and then decided to get my captain's license. And uh, I just, you know, I really enjoyed taking people out and enjoyed watching them catch fish more than catching them myself. So it, it's it's definitely a, a, a great situation, and it's, it's I tell people it's the best job I ever had. And how long have you been chartering? Uh, this year will be my sixth year um, as, as far as being a full-fledged, you know, full, you know, full-time charter captain. Wow. So give me an overview on, on uh, fishing in the panhandle. What's, what's it like? Uh, it's hot. I believe the heat index today is uh, up around 108. Um, but I mean, there's a mixture of, you know, all kinds of fisheries, uh, inshore and offshore, uh, we're known for, uh, Emerald coast, you know, the crystal clear blue turquoise water, uh, except when we get a lot of rain, uh, it can get dirty, of course. Um, but no, I mean, we've got, you know, crystal blue water. Sometimes we get a good, you know, whether it be a storm or a good south wind for a few days. Um, you know, we'll get a bunch of grass lines and Mahi come in close. I actually saw a couple uh, yesterday while fishing, snapper fishing, and uh, couldn't get them to eat, unfortunately. But, uh, I mean, we, we've, got, we've got great fishery like three, four miles off the beach. Uh, so we're, we're very fortunate that we don't have to run far to get into good fishing. How did you end up wanting to do all of your chartering in the panhandle? 
Uh, well, I actually, uh, I'm, a, I'm a humongous duck hunter. Um, so I actually got duck hunts on a lake about an hour and a half uh, northeast of here, uh, Lake Seminole. So that's what I do during my December and January time, uh, pretty much hibernate in February and get ready for fishing in March. Um, but I just, you know, I'm, I'm 32, uh, recently married last October. Uh, so, you know, when you start thinking about family, uh, you know, wanted to do something closer to something I already had established. Um, so I, I, it kind of, it just worked out perfectly. I had a good friend of mine, uh, Craig Chambliss called me one day and he's like, man, you know, uh, you know, you go down there fishing, you know, why don't you run a charter, you know, and, and you'll be right, you know, close to the lake. So when you have family, this, that, and other. So it's really good guidance and really good timing. Uh, and then, I mean, it, within two years, it's, it's wide open. So uh, very, very thankful and very blessed to be doing what I'm doing. What kind of fish are you primarily catching over there in the Panhandle? Oh, well, right now, we just had snapper season come in. Uh, it started June 1st. Uh, for the federal boats, you know, they're federally permitted. Uh, I'm a state boat, so I have to stay uh, within nine miles. Our season started the 17th. So we're, uh, you know, we're full-fledged. Everybody wants to catch the red snapper. Uh, you know, I ran three trips yesterday. Uh, it was a little tough go in the morning. Uh, my afternoon trip, we actually wound up running out. I had three people, so we got there, two snapper person, and actually – Looked up and uh, found a nice 30-inch. Uh, it's 10.2 pounds on the scale, and that's uh, for five miles off the beach. That's a big snapper. You catch a lot of speckled trout, right? Yes, yes. We do a lot of inshore fishing. Um, unfortunately for our area, and, I, you know, uh, I think it, there's a lot of speculations on why, um, but our, our base system, bay quality from – uh, the, uh, I guess the influence of our tides to the, you know, the sewage systems around in Panama City. Um, when we get a lot of rain, we have a lot of inland runoff. So it really dirties up our bays really fast. And it takes a while for them to flush out. Uh, we only have one pass that goes in and out of the Gulf. So, uh, or in and out from our base system. Uh, so it's really killed off a lot of the grass that used to be down here. Um, and in other areas in the Panhandle, like you go over towards Port St. Joe, Destin, um, they've got really, really like thick, flush, what we call it, eelgrass. Um, and it just, it's, it gives them a, fish a lot more habitat. No habitat. Uh, but we do have a lot of speckled trout. Um, like I was saying, they're, they're a little smaller in size, but you can find the, the gator trout, so to speak. Um, and, you know, we, we find some keepers, uh, don't get me wrong. You know, our, our limit is 15 inches, uh, three per person, and you can have one over 19 per vessel. Um, so we, we still catch them. Uh, it's just uh, in this area, in our base system, it can be a little difficult at times, especially with a lot of rain. Can we focus on speckled trout right now? Yeah, for sure. So when we're fishing for speckled trout, there's, uh, there's a few different methods that we like to use. Um, live bait-wise, uh, you can use smaller size pinfish. You can either uh, fish them on a Carolina rig, uh, pop and cork, or uh, you can freeline them. Uh, usually when we're anchored up and we're fishing, you know, with menhaden, uh, pogies, LYs, they've got a bunch of different names. Um, live bait choice is definitely going to be your menhaden um, or LYs, some people call them. And you pretty much just put those on a Carolina rig and kind of spray them out from the boat. 
Uh, you can put rods and rod holders, and they basically just swim around. They're they're real nice and flashy for the trout. Um, that's usually when you're going to run into your mo the most keepers and bigger size trout with uh, either smaller pinfish or the minhag or edelweiss. Um, another uh, technique that we like to use is swim baits, whether it be paddle tails. You know, we've got some people call them chatter baits. It's almost like a bass fishing spinner bait. Uh, sometimes you can catch, you can run some bigger size trout on those. I've, I've had some luck with gold spoons while casting for redfish and had had big gator trout eat those. Um, so we, you know, uh, there's just a couple of different techniques, and then especially when we have kids, we like to use the potting forks, uh, either with live shrimp, menhaden, and smaller pinfish. Uh, it's, it's a little bit simpler, kind of like when I was a kid, you know, growing up, you know, fishing with a bobber, you know, wait till the bobber goes down, uh, then you, you know, reel, you know, we use circle hooks down here uh, with these fish. So I usually tell the kids, you know, once the bobber goes under, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi reel. So uh, it kind of gives them, you know, gives the fish a chance to eat it. And uh, once you start reeling that circle hook, you know, it shoots to the corner of their mouth and whatnot. What makes trout so much different than other fish that you're targeting around there? They're just a little bit more, I guess the term would be finicky. Uh, you know, redfish, uh, they kind of like structure, which trout do too. We, we do fish dock structure, and sometimes you'll run into some bigger, uh, bigger trout uh, when you're fishing structure. Uh, usually you'll run into a lot of smaller sizes on the flats. Uh, but I, I would say more about where they go and, and their depths. Sometimes they'll move. Uh, it's kind of similar to the redfish. Uh, once the water heats up, they kind of go uh, deeper water during the summertime, and you'll, you'll find the, the, the smaller ones, you know, they'll still stay in the shallow water. It's kind of like a reverse switch. Once it gets, you know, in the cold times, you'll find them running up creeks and, and bayous and deeper holes because they want to find the warmer water. Uh, below the cold water on the surface. So it's uh, kind of like a flip-flop. Is warmer water or colder water better for speckled trout? It depends. I mean, sometimes during the winter months, you can run into the big gators. Um, they, they actually close the season for them uh, because that's their, uh, their spawning. Uh, but I'd say in the warmer months, more quantity. Uh, and I think colder months, I'd say the spring and fall, uh, a little bit more on the quality side of it. When are the trout usually running over there? They're here all year round. Um, like I said, they're in the summer, we fish for them on the flat. Sometimes you find them on structure or anywhere where there's a good tide flow coming around a point. Um, we actually have a, a lake that's right here on the north side of our base system, uh, Deer Point Lake. And you have a lot of luck with that. Fresh, even though it's fresh water pumping into the bays right there. And I, when I say that's kind of what goes back to our our inland runoff that, that dirties up our bays a lot. Um, sometimes just the, the flow of that water right there just flushing out. Sometimes you can you can run into some big trout or some you know quality sized trout right there. But mostly you know and then on the flats as well. And you say uh, you're saying that there's trout that usually hang out with structure. When you say structure, are you talking eelgrass or are you talking actual structure like? Um, you know, reefs and stuff like that? Uh, not necessarily reefs, um, but uh, as far as docks. Um, and then, I mean, technically you can count the, what, you know, the grass that we have. I mean, technically that could be considered some sort of structure. 
Um, but usually it's either grass flats uh, around a point, like I said, where you've got a good tidal flow, whether it be incoming, outgoing, um, or docks. When I, when I say docks, or docks, or any kind of seawall, or any kind of inshore wreck that, that gives them some anything that would hold some bait fish for them to feed on, of course. Are they usually alone or are they in schools? The bigger trout, they tend to be, um, just from my experience, uh, loners. I guess you would, you would say they kind of go off and kind of feed on their own. But uh, once you, especially on the flats, if you find, you know, a few trout, usually they're going to be in, in somewhat of a school. I mean, they're, they're just cruising around, you know, obviously uh, looking to eat. Um, but I wouldn't say, like, it's kind of hard to label them a schooling fish. It's not like Spanish mackerel or um, like bluefish we have in our bays or, you know, when you run into a big school of redfish. I mean, they, they're... They just kind of cruise, I guess you would put it. What about for bait? Do you use artificial lures or live bait, or what's your uh, what's your plan for using on bait? Well, it depends on what time of the year uh, and what's available. Um, you know, if our if our water is really clean in the bays, we'll have menhaden, alewives. Uh, that obviously, if we can find them, that's definitely my go-to, our bait of choice. Uh, and you know, we'll pull up on a grass flat. Throw the anchor out. Do not use our trolling motors, obviously, in that shallow water. You're just going to blow your fish off. Um, and then, you know, obviously, if the, the water's dirty, we'll throw uh, paddle tails, uh, swim baits, uh, depending on the water color, whether we use, like, chartreuse color to get, you know, make it more visible um, or, you know, if we, you know, obviously switch it around because, uh, you know, trout, they, they kind of, they like one thing one day and don't like it the next. And then uh, what kind of tides are you catching these trout on? Is there, are they tide-dependent fish? Uh, yes and no. Um, I would say if you're fishing in a bayou or around, you know, like a point where you, you need a good tidal flow, yes. I mean, a moving tide can be, you know, on your side. Uh, but, you know, when you're a charter captain and you're, you're running on a schedule, you know, whether it be 6 to 10, 10 to 2, I mean, we got to find these trout regardless. So, I mean, we're, we're catching them, you know, uh, regardless of the tide, um, I guess you would say. So it, it's not a it's not a make or break deal with the trout and the tides, but it definitely helps when you've got a good flow that's flushing bait in and out of the bay system. Is there a specific setup that you're using? You were talking about the Carolina rig. Yeah, we use uh, Carolina rig more with a live bait setup. That way you've got your weight down, you know, on the bottom, and then you've got a, a lighter leader. Uh, where that bait can kind of swim up above the grass and kind of do circles and all that kind of stuff to attract the fish. Um, but usually it's Carolina rig, usually either, uh, you know, uh, maybe an eighth of an ounce or a half ounce, depending on how deep of water you're fishing with the swim bait on a jig head. Um, or like I said, uh, you can always do the popping court with either live shrimp, you know, the minhead nail wise, um, or even with some, you know, we sometimes we use like, we don't have live shrimp available. We use voodoo shrimp, just to name one of the baits that I use. Um, it, those are used. You can use artificials on those popping corks as well. Do you have a specific leader line and hook choice that you use? Usually with a trout, I like using just like a two-op circle hook. Um, and then as far as leader, I would say anywhere from 8 to uh, eight to a 12-pound uh, mono. Uh, leader would be fine. Just 
depends on how you're fishing. If you're if you're if you're running uh, swim baits, I usually take my braid, whether it be you know uh, 20, 30 pound braid, and then tie what we call FG knot to the leader uh, instead of using a swivel because obviously those trout can see that. And I've had better luck with that, um, but yeah, just the eight you know eight to twelve ounce pound uh, test would be perfectly fine. And we were we were talking about how you said you could keep one over 19 inches. How big do trout usually get? I'd say the biggest one that I've ever heard of uh, caught in this area was, I think it was around 8 pounds as far as the length. I'm not sure. Um, but, I mean, they'll, they'll get big. I mean, you, and in our area, I mean, they're, they're just kind of rare to find like that. And if you go over towards Louisiana, Texas coast, uh, they have, you know, a little bit more, I guess you would say size. Um, but I'd say majority of the trout that we're catching are, you know, 10 to 18 inches, you know, uh, you know, size wise. But we do, you know, get lucky and run into the big gator trout, which it's a big thing uh, with trout, especially in this area, uh, as far as preserving those big trout. Because, you know, those tend to be the big females and those are your breeders. So we try to stress or explain why we don't want to kill those trout so we can, you know, sustain their population and, uh, you know, keep the fish around for, you know, future generations to catch and enjoy the same way we are. Absolutely. Do, how, how about the fight of those trout? Are they, are they a pretty good fight? The bigger size. I tell everybody, when we're, especially when we're throwing paddle baits or paddle tails, uh, swim baits for them, a lot of times when you're reeling, you know, and you're on your retrieve, they'll they'll eat it and then they'll swim directly at the boat. So they you you think you don't have them on, and then they get right there to the boat, they surprise you, and then they'll throw the hook because you know people don't realize they're on. Um, but it's kind of like a, it's a mild fight, I guess you would say, um, kind of similar to maybe you know like a, a you know a smaller size freshwater bass, if I had to compare. And then uh, what are some, like, tips and tricks that you could give me if I wanted to go catch some speckled trout? I would say find grass, uh, as much grass as you can, and then uh, you want to find a, a good area. Um, say, for example, if you were taking a kayak out and you're just going to go out kayak fishing, I would say uh, find a shallow grass flat. Um, it's got really good grass, but it's also got some uh, potholes. Um, what we call them, they're just little sand spots, you know, throughout the grass beds. Um, and you want to cast across those, whether it be with a swim bait or if you're uh, using live bait, try to get your bait right there in the middle of that little, you know, pile. Because the grass, uh, the trout, what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll go into that grass and they'll hide around the edge of those potholes and just wait for bait to swim across. And they'll obviously attack, you know, they're, they're predator fish, just like a redfish. Um, so they, they kind of, they like the, the tag side of it. Do you have any favorite recipes for trout? I like cooking fish a number of different ways. Um, but, uh, you know, when, it, when it's all said and done, I, I guess I like my uh, trout. I like to bake my trout uh, just with a little bit of lemon juice, melted butter, and I'm a big fan of Tony's uh, Louisiana seasoning. Uh, give it a little spice, a little kick. Uh, or, I mean, you can blacken them. I, I love doing fish tacos you know you can do anything with fish tacos so uh you can you can fry them buffalo sauce ranch i mean it just a lot of the fish out here they're all white flaky meat so they kind of taste similar so it's you know when you're when you're around it you're eating it all the time you try to try to mix it up do a little different stuff every now and then and then uh how can anybody 
that's listening in right now, how can anybody that's listening in right now uh, book a charter with you? Well, my website, it's uh, floridapanhandlecharters.com. Uh, uh, my number is 850-814-1233. That's my personal sale, of course. Um, and then I run four hour, five hour, six hours. And if people like to do make a whole day out of it, I offer eight hour trips, whether it be in the bay or uh, weather permitting, wind wise, more, more or less, uh, we can go out to the Gulf and, and do some bottom fishing or trolling. And then do you, uh, do you have any social media, Instagram or any YouTube channels or anything we can watch you on? Oh yeah. Uh, I've got Facebook, uh, Florida Panhandle Charters, of course, and then Instagram, just at Florida Panhandle Charters. It's a pretty easy to remember common name. I was actually really, really surprised uh, that nobody in the area had, had kind of used it yet uh, when I, you know, for <laughs> the whole development of my charter. Uh, but yeah, I'm Instagram, Facebook, and then I've also got my website where you can go there. Uh, like I said, FloridaPanhandleCharters.com. I've got photo gallery list of the different charters I offer prices and uh, just some other info, a little bio for me and uh, you know a little bit about the boat and everything. It's a 22 foot center console. Nice. Well, Justin, thank you so much for cruising on. Thanks everybody for listening in to today's podcast. Justin, we'll uh, catch you next time. All right. Thank you, buddy. Enjoy. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.